0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby Talks. I'm Higgs. I'm Jacob. And we're back for the second last week of the season. It's going to be... Wow. wow. It's come fast, hasn't it?
1: It it has. I remember, you know, it felt like just yesterday we were messaging each other about um, Fogarty in the uh, pre-season trials because I remember I could only watch the first half of the second round of trials and the Raiders, they had that comeback. Yeah, that was those some of my first memories of the season, and here we are already, where we're in the preliminaries, and oh boy, did things go differently than we all expected.
0: Yeah, look, um, wasn't a happy camper last week. wasn't enjoying the footy, so yeah, nah, can't I can't blame you. you. Um, um, Raiders very disappointed, honestly, in the performance, but also. A bit disappointed that we lost to the Eels out of anyone. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I know the feeling. They're, they're one of
1: those teams that it's just like. Yeah. It's, I feel like we've got. Because the characters in their team, you've got guys like Gutho and Moses, who usually I'm neutral on. But the moment they start playing against my team, they instantly become like
0: public enemy one and two. Yep. yep.
1: So I know the feeling.
0: Oh, man. Um, it. It wasn't a good time. Um, let's just say, thank God he didn't join the voice call that night. <laughs> that's. I think the Lions were playing. That's yes, why I didn't join. They were.
1: And I wasn't having much fun with that Lions game. Anyways, they got absolutely flogged as well. So the both of us weren't having the best of nights. Oh, um,
0: yeah.
1: No. Uh, in terms of actual footy talk, there were a couple of things I did want to bring up about this game. Um, first and foremost, Dylan Brown did something that was...
0: I was, I was going to mention him. Yep,
1: Basically unheard of for a 5'8 um, with his running game, and he's cracked 321 metres. That's insane. Uh, he's, ran, he's ran the ball 29 times, which is like... You know, we talk about some guys, like I don't know if I've talked about in the podcast before, but Matt Burton, where they're players that I look at and I just think, wow, I I really wish he was running the ball more. I really wish he was testing the line. But Dylan Brown, he, he never leaves you feeling that way. You know, he's a guy that he... Him and maybe Dearden, I think, are two guys that every time they see just a slight hole, they go for it. Yeah. But with Dylan Brown's physical build, his power... It's just ridiculous, you know, what, what kind of half cracks 300 metres in a game. You know, like, these are these are incredible fullback numbers, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. But
1: the difference between Brown and a fullback is that fullbacks get the ball kicked to them, mm. you know, 10 to 20 times a game at least. Brown, he, he had to go looking for it. He had to be in position. So, that's just... Something absolutely ridiculous, and it was only off one line break and one line break assist. So that's just general play running, just continuously taking the line on again and again and again.
0: And look, it doesn't um, surprise you the amount of times I saw him at first receiver, the amount of times I saw him link up with Moses was insane. Like, usually no. you would see the, the part, the Dylan Par, Dylan Brown of passed, just like stay on his side. No, he, he, yeah, he swung. With the ball. He he followed it. He followed Moses. He followed Guffo. Guffo and Moses Guffo and um Brown were sensational on the weekend. Um, I said yeah. in the preview last week for the game, you need to limit these two running meters, because if you don't, you will cop it. And fuck they coped mm. it. They really, really coped it. And you can see yeah. that score line forty to six.
1: Something I also wanted to point out. I don't know if this is a um, just a symptom of the field position, which it would make sense if it is, because obviously we see a fifty-nine to forty-one possession split in favour of the Eels, Jesus. which is pretty. Yeah, that's that's pretty massive. So the Raiders were doomed from the start in that battle, but that they weren't wearing out their halves. We'll mm-hmm. take a look at the the tackle numbers for the halves on each respective team. For example, Whiten had to make eighteen tackles, and Fogarty had to make twenty-six. Um those are pretty normal. But if you look at the Eels, Brown had to make seven. <laughs> seven tackles for a 5-8 is so low, you expect at least double that. And then Moses had to make 14. So, they're... Where
0: does that happen?
1: They're just... The Raiders, their field position, they weren't really able to target their lines at their halves and also the cover that was happening from their second rowers was, was pretty decent but realistically it's just because of the possession split the eels they just did not have to make that many tackles um they just it they weren't having to wear themselves out the raiders they they were targeting that edge of penacini a lot cuz penacini had to make 23 tackles but even then it's just it's remarkable when you take a look at that and you see just how you know, whistle the eels had to actually wear themselves out physically, yeah. and the re- that's obviously a massive problem against a team like the Raiders because you know ninety percent of their game plan comes down to you know wearing teams out physically. Yeah, you, you've got guys like Tarpane, you've got guys like Papa in the middle. You you go to wear them out, but obviously with that possession split, that's that's pretty hard. And yeah, all in all, you just look at some of the discipline errors for the Raiders. Uh, 13 errors, six penalties conceded, but it's also just by situation of where it's happening. Like, they're not doing it in the attacking zone. They're doing it in their own half, you know, towards the middle of the field at some points, and that's obviously going to kill a team. So... Look,
0: you can nail it down to everyone and decide, side, but, God, someone... I know he's been playing there all season, but... Savage wasn't the best you know he scored our only trial given that but this game God I wish that we had chance there. I really did chance at the back was a different beast in my opinion you know he might have had these injury um trains recently but God when he was when he was he, when he was good he's really good for us I, I have a very high respect for chance. I'm gonna miss him very much next year. You know, I, I um, have a lot of respect for him and to the guard of our 2019 grand final loss. Mm. You know, he, he never gave up. You know, he was forced to leave the field. Like, he had so bad of a cramp that he had to leave the field because how much he had ran that night. And yeah. he made really good defensive decisions. Um, the try, I think it was the second or third try that we let in that it was a... Short kick, um, on the short side, and you can just see it go past Savage on the ground as a grubber, and I'm like, and I'm, I literally stand up and I start screaming. I'm like, fuck, what the fuck was that? I was yeah, bored. that was some of the worst defending he, I've ever seen.
1: Obviously, he's he's pretty young, but obviously, it's those fundamental errors that you can see absolutely kill people with fullbacks right like if you look at for example you've got some guys like Tamari Martin for example who improved the Broncos side greatly this year Uh, we see the improvements of Scott Drinkwater this year you know Scott Drinkwater's attack that's it's he himself has said it it's completely the same as it was last year it's it's not what he's focusing on he's been exclusively focusing on organizing the defensive line and taking Mm -hmm. the ball on the full and it's the difference between those guys. Like, I can't believe I'm putting Drinkwater in this conversation, but I am because he's worked hard enough to deserve it as a good defensive fullback. So yeah. those guys like your Drinkwaters, your Tamari Martins, who are they're just doing—they're just doing the basic fundamentals—and they help their team so much. They help their team start sets well, win games, bail them out a few times, and they really help teams. Win. And then you've got fullbacks like, you know, Savage, Azarko, New, Walsh on some occasions where defensively you can tell that they're just not really there um, experience wise defensively, Mm -hmm. I think. And it really shows in those games like this because you're coming up against guys like. You know, Gutho, Brown, Moses, they know exactly how to take advantage of that. And, you know, hopefully it's a learning experience for Savage and he ends up improving that. And it's something that he works with over the off-season, the same way that Drinkwater did, same way that Samari Martin has over his career. Uh, But otherwise, that was obviously pretty tough to watch on the weekend.
0: Yeah, look, I didn't enjoy it. I don't think any of fan enjoyed it. Um... Mm Yeah but like damn power was so good the week before yeah. they were they were like they were okay they weren't horrible they weren't great but they were okay at some instances mm. but
1: I think oh, another no, thing they that, stepped
0: up they really stepped up
1: they did this one small thing I also wanted to add in is with Reed Marnie this thing that people don't really get about him and his importance to the parasite has been his service from dummy half yeah Uh, especially on their wide shifts. Uh, Moses and... They seem to stand much further away than other first receivers do in some instances. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it really lets them engage certain defenders in the defensive line that they want to when you've got a guy like that who can gun it and spread it out. And we're seeing this with the Cowboys with Robson as well. Uh, It's... Just It's such a massive asset to a team and it's something that you can't actually quantify. Like, you know, so many people bring up certain stats with hookers, but it's such a weird position to look at statistically because if you look at it from the lens of tackles and kick meters, you know, back in like 2020, Andrew McCulloch would have been one of the best nines in the comp. Mm. So it's it's very misleading. No, no disrespect to McCulloch because I absolutely love the guy. Um as a player, and he, he was very crafty. Still is decent to watch, but obviously when it comes to the top hookers in the game, things like that don't get noticed statistically. And just going back to the point of Marnie and his dummy half service and how it lets the Eels widen their attack, that's something to watch out for this week.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's go into that. We're going to go into Power Matter versus Cowboys for, yeah, we said it. We said it first. For, we they need to limit Dylan Brown and Guffo. Yep. You, if you limit those blokes, I their attack weakens, and it will. They rely more, on, it puts pressure on Moses to perform better. And if we can just pressure those two and just let like, um, Luch and Gilly, target Moses in defense, that would be so good. Like, please let that happen. I, I'm gonna be truthful here. I'm nervous. I'm nervous for the cows because I don't, I don't know what power side's gonna turn up. I don't know if it's gonna be a red hot power side or they're busted and sore. I really don't know. You know, I, yeah. I can't imagine they'll be busted after that win, but they could also they could be tired. You know, they've had to yeah. play a grindy match against Penrith and then a very Point heavy game against uh, Canberra, so it's, I, I, mm. I'm other Cowboys up to it. I think so. It's it's going to be a good game. Maybe you know what? Maybe Power have played their grand final. Raiders played their grand maybe final they against have. Storm. Power maybe played theirs last week. Yeah, um,
1: maybe that could be what's happened but I think there's a few things that I just want to put out specifically um Harrah have been they've been leading the NRL in the amount of offloads that they've had in attack the The Cowboys have been leading the comp in having they've had the least offloads conceded in the comp so we're looking at the very best at something versus the very best at limiting it Mm. you know this is your unstoppable force meets unmovable object um I think a lot of it's going to come down to... Obviously, every game comes down to what happens in the middle, but this one is going to be whether it's a game with quick play the balls and offloads or whether it's going to be a game where the Cowboys can wrap up guys like... The Cowboys can wrap up guys like Barlow, Madison, and Regan Campbell-Gillard because they don't really have a size heavy bench, right? Mm. You know you've got guys like Cartwright, Arthur, Kafusi, There's some solid forwards in there. But we're talking about their starting pack and it's very different to that. Um obviously I think Madison is going to be a big one to try and limit and obviously the halves, uh Dylan Brown, he's fantastic, but I also don't think that he will have the same opportunities against that side of that right edge with Nani and Hiku. Mm-hmm. Um, if he plays in the left side of the field, if he wants to swing around to the right, you know he's going to have some pretty decent tacklers in Gilbert, um, in Dearden or Looch whenever he comes on. So I think it's just going to be coming down to whether the Cowboys' strengths can nullify the Parramatta Eels' strengths because they're both matched up directly with each other. Yeah. So it realistically, it should be an absolutely fantastic game of footy but uh, it'll be interesting to see if it tips either way uh, um hopefully oh sorry <laughs> hopefully cows get it done um i hope so it'd be fantastic to see us get to a grand final with the every everything that everyone has said about the team uh from the preseason to the off-season to even the start of the season in the middle when we were winning when you know Paul Gallant was saying it was Phil's gold we weren't going to make the eight well we, we did much better than make the eight. We made the preliminaries, and we might even make a grand final.
0: With that, it could be set I, I reckon it could be Saffs versus Chaos. We've, we've got the Rabbitohs feeling, and Sharks game. I have a big the, feeling it's, it's, that's going to be our grand final.
1: It could be, and if it is, it'll be very interesting because we... Had a different spine playing against the Rabbitohs, and we didn't really straighten our attack that much. Mm. But something that. Ooh.
0: Look, going into the Cows game, composure is a big thing. You know, a lot of this team that we have seen have not played finals footy. Yeah. So I really want to see this team put pressure early. And then get into their rhythm, you know. When the, when the Cowboys put on pressure early, they get into that rhythm of just scoring tries. It's a tries. fantastic sign, yeah.
1: And it's winning the game early, scoring the points late.
0: One hundred percent. You know, we did it. We've done it a couple of times um, against Warriors, against Melbourne. Um, we did it to Parramatta. We did it to Parramatta. You know that in the first twenty minutes of that uh, power game, in Darren was very. Grindy. It was that a slow twenty minutes, but we we were able to keep our cool and grind them out of the game, and then score the points. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, how many? It was after that game that I think we got the first interview um, when we heard win the game early, score the points late. Yeah. So obviously that's been a massive mantra. Um, I think what we should talk about though is the Sharks and the Rabbitohs game. Yes. Because that is... That. So, a few things. Alex Johnston only playing for 49 minutes in this game. Um, he, one of the rare games where he doesn't score. They went off to Tane Milne who got a double. Mm. Uh, something I wanted to point out. The general play from Rabdo's field position was fantastic. But I think it was their goal line defense and pressure that really helped them. There were a few times early on where the Sharks were putting themselves in good positions to score uh, in terms of their field position. And something I thought they did fantastic, which it's not an easy thing to do, was how they pressured Moylan and didn't give him too much space to work with. So Moylan had three errors this game. Hines had two. Uh, it's granted, you can talk about the conditions or whatever. But we have to remember that... Moilan, he's he's been icing opportunities and making fantastic decisions with the ball for the entire year. Yeah, and there's only been a few games where he's truly looked off. You know, back when Matty Hunter joined the show, he spoke about Moylan. and it's something we keep going back to because it's been a very symbolic of how he's been playing this year. So to see them be able to shut him down was it was a great sign for the rabbits.
0: And. God, they look worn out. They looked very worn out coming into that game. They played ninety three minutes Grinola. of football. Granella or rabbits? Granella. Sure. Yeah. So you can see that with their forward pack, and they just they looked in trouble. But yeah, look. Yeah. Hind, like I watched the game after, um, the next morning because so I don't know where I was. I was doing something. And I just, I noticed they're doing a lot of cutout balls to their ringers and sensors, which is normally how the Sharks play. You know, Nico's that eyes-up footy brain, same as um, Moylan. And uh, if they see a compressed defensive line, they'll throw a cutout pass, or and they'll apply that pressure and apply that skits defensive line. Rabbitohs kept their cool and just yeah. suffocated. The edges, to ensure that if a cutter pass was made, the catcher was wrapped up in an instant. And yeah, it, and we it's... we always talk about how the Rabidos can be on and off. You know, we spoke about how Reynolds not being resigned was probably a bad idea. I, while I still believe that they should have given Reynolds another year or two, I reckon two years, because I, I love Reynolds, he's a great bloke, uh, he's a great football player, but credit to him, credit to Rabados. Lockton Ilias has done wonders this, seat, this um, final series, you know. We criticised him. A lot of people criticised him about his defensive capabilities early for, throughout the season, um, his playmaking ability. Uh, I was the f- when I started watching him in like the first three rounds. I just noticed he never ran the ball. You know, he'll just <laughs> stand still forever, forever ball. Um, but the way he's learned, the way he's adapted, the way he has evolved throughout this season has been tremendous. Uh, credit to him. Has only missed three, that's right, three tackles as a half this final series, so you can just see he's a focused kid, he knows what he has to do, he gets the job done, um, if he gets hit, he gets back up, he doesn't, he doesn't suck, he, he's a team player, and he's a phenomenal up-and-coming halfback, and I give all credit to him, he's done wonders for the south side, him and, him and Latrell. Um, while Lotrell the, the Ferrari will get a lot of the credit, Ilias deserves all. it too.
1: I agree with you 110%. Um I've I've spoken Ilias' praises since earlier in the year, I think it was after Good Friday, because you know, it was Anthony Seabold did one of his breakdown videos with the NRL game plan where they compared him to Cole Flanagan and they showed some of Ilias' line engagements. Um there's yeah, some small subtleties in his game that he's very good at. Sometimes he doesn't execute at 100%. For example, there was a short ball to, I think, Kaloa which he threw. And it just, it, the decision was great because he got Kaloa one on one with Matt Moylan. But, you know, the, the way he threw it just didn't hit the chest. Mm. But it's small things like that that you can iron out as a playmaker. His actual vision, you know, as he engages Remembers. the line, making the decisions has been fantastic. And as you've spoken about, his heart. Like it's, it, it reminds me a bit of Dearden last year. The amount of tackles he's making every time he makes an error, you know, he, he gets back into it and he tries to play because there's a few moments like he's he's one of those guys that you, you just don't have to worry about, you know. Mm. Mentally, you know that he's going to bounce back and he's going to put in 110%. And honestly, I think watching him develop with the Rabbitohs over the next few years is going to be remarkable because he's already – he's not just an effort player. He's shown some pretty solid talent at some stages too. You know, he was – one round earlier in the year where he was just kicking bananas, chip kicks everywhere. He looked like a kid playing backyard footy, just pretending to be Joey Johns watching the highlights reels. (laughs) So that's – yeah, singing all the praises that I possibly can about Ilias – He's just... He's been everything you could realistically ask for. And obviously, the Rabbitos. I remember that when they talked about Sando leaving, one of them said, don't worry, we've got Adam Reynolds. It was in one of the videos about Reynolds on the South Channel. And I have a feeling that it's a very similar thing for them as to why they let Reynolds go, because they knew that they had Elias and they yeah. knew what he was capable
0: of. You... You say that and you also, the. so I wasn't the biggest footy nerd back when Adam Reynolds started playing, or will admit that, you know, I, I watched it yeah. casually, we both were like that, we were both young.
1: Sandow was good,
0: that's what yeah. you need to know. Sandow was good. Mm. And when Reynolds first joined, started playing Rabideaus, for Rabideaus, he wasn't like, they weren't the best. But they slowly started getting back in. You know, you had Greg Inglis. You had Isaac, Luke, yep. Reynolds. Uh, Luke Kiwi even came along. Yeah,
1: he was there 5-8 in that 2014 grand final. And I think... Corisau was there 9. He yeah, Corsair was the
0: 9. Uh, Isaac Luke got a suspension the week earlier, bringing Corsair in. Um, not the worst backup? No, not at all. Um, only a... T- only a- Premiership, you go, know, goes on. to win two premierships, one with one that year, and one with um Penrith. But look, yep. the thing that makes Adam that made Adam Reynolds and is now making Lachlan Lilias is the forward pack. We look at that forward pack, and you just go, holy hell, you are going to get bashed this game. Burgess, uh, Colin Matangi, um, to. I can never f- remember. Tavola. Um, yeah, Tavola. Tavola. Yeah, Tavola. He's massive. Um, you got the GOAT. Jai Arrow as well. Jai bro. He's been so good. You know, I give it's, him a lot so of It's so
1: easy to leave Jai Arrow's name out of things because he, he doesn't do, you know, big forward things, but he just quietly racks up the numbers, runs yeah. his
0: lines. I, I just give Jai Arrow a little shit for what he did in the Origin season, Series last Year and that's um you know Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, one. the bubble. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um bit of a dickhead move, not gonna lie. But we don't yep. address. Um but no, the forward pack has been really good and has supported Ilias throughout the entire season. Uh Colman Tungy, you mentioned uh him those two have uh created a very strong bond on the field where they know what they need to do. And Colman is always yeah. there for a support run. Uh big body Crick, uh, he's very... He knows quick. where to run a line. Oh, 100%. He's like, that. He's like the Corey in naira for Souths. Yeah, he,
1: he gets straight onto the halves and he just pounds and pounds all game. And there's no... He just takes the wind out of them.
0: And the kicking game from Elias is what's been really good for Souths. Um, Adam Rhodes is another... is a phenomenal kicker. And... Ilias has been able to, like, replicate the kicking of Reynolds, you know. Uh, We mentioned that to be a good half, you have to have a bag of tricks when it comes to your kicking. Uh, Nathan Cleary is a great example of that against power. Uh, The the way he used multiple kicks to build pressure to get his plays into gaps is what really won them that game. Whereas um, if you don't and you only have, like, a Moses who can kick long, to box you into the corner, but then you have to use your other half to do your short-range kicking. It it takes up a lot of time.
1: Oh, I think Boses is a great short-range kicker. Yeah. But... I think mostly in terms of his pressure building, but obviously he's not... You know, he doesn't pull in those really clever weighted
0: kicks that Reynolds yeah. might. Yeah, that's true. Um, But you can really see that Ilias has begun to craft his kicking game, to craft his mm. um his thinking processes. Uh I, I liked it because when they played each other, when Reynolds played Rabbits for the first time this season, uh, which was like round nine I don't nine, think Reynolds did play oh round nine. He didn't play the first oh, yeah. round because of COVID. Mm. But I did play each other because I remember um when Jai Arrow took the field and looked at Reynolds, he goes, oi, bitch. And they're about to kick off. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty funny to me. But also, Ilias kicks a, um. he does what Reynolds likes to do. And it's, he kicks to the corner on Reynolds. And he has his winger go up against uh, Corey. I think it was Corey Oates. And oh. they score. So I was like, oh, that's that's a Reynolds thing to do. So he used his own trick against Reynolds. Yeah. Um, But... What... It's going to be interesting to see how... When we move into the next game of Penrith and Souths... How these two are... How Cleary and Ilias have their kicking game is affected by the pressure they're being put under... And how much of pressure they are applying to the opposition. Um... A little thing, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a news article today about how Pen used illegal blocking techniques. Now, I don't know about you, but this sounds really similar to... Um... This is what we did last year, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, <laughs> so, they're bringing out that, that old narrative. Um, read into that as you will. Media being media, of course. But... They used one snapshot of uh, the play ball where I think it's Liam Martin holding back Barlow from pressuring uh, Cleary. Because Barlow was uh, first marker and he was running to get Cleary and uh. Martin just holds him up. I don't know. Just, who knows, you know. Yeah, look,
1: I... I don't think Penrith are the only team in the world to do a bit of a sneaky escort on a kicking play.
0: Didn't... Who did it? I think it was Roosters against Newcastle. Last year. And, like, the NRL... Like, the media blew it out of proportion and did some dumb shit. As As they do sometimes. But... I don't... Where do you see how these two affect the game with clearly going into a fresh week off with Ilias coming off two games of footy like with no breaks.
1: I think in terms of this game they're both very strong second half sides. They're both fit teams. Mm. So I don't Obviously, I don't know how it's going to go. We're going to have to see what's happening with because obviously, Penrith are going to start their sets well. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of can the Rabbitohs defensive middle hold up? It's if they can, they won't have any issues making meters with their forwards. I don't think. You know, we've spoken about it before. You know, just a few minutes ago, the fact they've got guys like Burgess, Tsetola, Matangi, Arrow, Murray, who can do plenty of the grunt work around the middle. Um, Yeah. Seeing how their defensive edges go. uh, Obviously, we've spoken about Ilias, but we haven't spoken about is Latrell and Cody Walker. Uh, Obviously, those they're fantastic attacking weapons. All Ilias has to do is be out the back of Murray and get good ball to Walker Mm. or uh, Latrell, and that's, you know, you get one overlap, that's a try. Yeah. So And we obviously saw how well that um, Souths executed that against the Sharks, the very quick hands, the tap-ons. Uh, they'll also be going against uh, Penrith as well, who have a similar thing. Yeah. Something else I wanted to talk on is that both of these teams are teams that utilize ball-playing walks between Murray and Yeo.
0: Yep. these When you mentioned ball playing and lock, you mentioned these two straight off the bat. Exactly. They're, they're the first guys that you mentioned
1: because it's it's basically what they do. They basically get extra halves on the field with the amount of first receiver play. I'd also add in Gerbo as well, uh, yep. which is weird to throw in because lots of people don't really see him like that. But if you actually watch him play, every time he gets the ball, he plays it like he's halfback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only difference is that he actually runs it, unlike you know some other guys like Schuster, who likes emotion in that manner.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, uh, mainly have been kicked out of finals, all right? They didn't even make it. it was okay, it was, that's right. We'll, we'll save that I for the season.
1: I don't, I don't need another excuse to start going on about Schuster. But, yeah, basically, put simply, I think it's going to come down to watching how their forward packs work to get them into the attacking zones. Yeah. Because both of these teams, they're good defensively and they're very clever and creative in attack. It's just going to come down to whoever's getting the opportunities, whoever's being the most disciplined and getting the most out of their sets. Also, both of the dummy halves are very good at spotting what's happening with the markers. Yep. So watching what happens around the ruck as well, tackling technique of both teams and actually winning those tackles. Because, you know, one decent read by either Cook or... Chorus that can completely change a set around.
0: Yeah, and I I'm a big fan of wrestling within the sport. I know a lot of people hate it, but it exists and we have to live with it. I yeah. for one advocate for it because I think it's how you win games. If you do not have a good wrestling technique, goodbye, slow play the balls. Yeah. Um
1: it doesn't it doesn't always have to mean what people think it means either. It yeah. doesn't mean that you have to hold a guy up for five seconds. It can just mean really simple things like getting a guy on their back yep. and having the players peel off one at a time.
0: 100%. Um, it's really simple how you can effectively uh, slow the play to ball down. You know, get them on the back, as you said, peel off. But really, all you have to do sometimes is lay on them and make sure that both their shoulders are up off the ground. Because then... Um, if that happens, they can't move around a lot. They ha- you have to use their legs. They have to, they have to utilize their legs more often. But then if you have two guys laying on you, that's just more, more, um, right. You have to get up with using your legs. So a lot of people are going to be really, uh, find that difficult. And then that's when you slowly peel off. But I, I could do an entire episode on wrestling. We'll, it
1: would
0: be good to have that. Yeah, I think uh, during the off-season we could probably do that. One person nice. you will definitely have to wrestle. When I think the forward packs of both these teams, I one, for Rabideaus, I think Murray. For Penrith, I think James Fisher-Harris. James Fisher-Harris, big body, mm. fast bloke. Get quick play the balls. Uh, can crash over the line if he needs to. But he's a solid bloke. He There's a reason why... He was dalian of the prop last year, dalian prop last year, and why he's been named in the Kiwi squad. While Isaiah Yo can be really effective with his ball playing skills, uh, it's really James Fisher-Harris who can get those hit-ups, those fast and strong hit-ups, and which allows Appy to scoot maybe, or then use Yo to effectively play the ball to uh, ball play faster and get those overlaps on the side. Uh, One thing that Penrith love to do is they love to run a triple LJ from left to right. Uh, It usually involves Crichton or Toho finishing in the corner. Uh, And strangely enough, uh, well, ironically enough, they will be using that up against the strong side of uh, Rabbits, which is Cody and AJ. AJ, I don't, I can't remember if we've heard anything, whether he'll play or not. He has been named, but I don't know if he'll be cut soon.
1: You really want him to, because I know that lots of people, they, they kind of joke about AJ being one of those wingers where all he has to do is catch and score. But you can't catch and score if you don't get yourself in the right place and actually finish the catch, yeah. and then get low to do the finish. Uh, and a lot of wingers don't do that. And also defensively, you know, he he knows to follow a centre.
0: Yeah, um, and you know he he won't. Oh, I don't know. I, I need to look because AJ has that stigma of like you said, catch and catch and score try. I. Campbell Graham has also been named to play which is good. Uh he's actually been playing through a rib injury. So credit Thanks. to him. He's just been pretty solid killers. throughout it too. Yeah. Uh and he, you know he was away a couple of weeks for that cheekbone injury that uh he suffered uh mid through the season. But he's he's really improved the holes just lately and he can get he can use his height, he can start off sets really well.
1: He just makes good defensive reads as well.
0: Yeah, he does. Sorry about that. I got interrupted. Um, so, yeah, he makes really good defensive reads. Has he been playing with Cody and AJ? Um, I remember at the start of the season, he was playing on the side of Elias. So, honestly... I'm not it, sure. I yeah. should know this, but oh, I don't. Um, Isaiah Tass has been playing on that side of Cody Walker. Ah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, big bang moment for me. Uh, side note Taylor May has not been pl- named to play due to hamstring. I think Staines? Wow. So, Charlie Staines is coming in for Taylor May. The, uh, I bit of karma. Do you
1: do you then think about if you have enough faith in your kick chase as the Rabbitohs? Do you think about kicking Toto to, to four stains to take the next hit up? Hundred percent. Because I know that this is this is a strategy a lot of footy players, not footy players, footy watchers don't really understand where. Halves will actually kick to the stronger ball runner to mm. set up their kick chase, and then that way they don't have the strong hit-up happening next. So I really wonder if that's something we see or if that's
0: something the Rabbitohs speak about. Um, so it's what they did against Sivo. And... You can see that he was really affected by it. I think to replicate that, you you target Toho and you force stains. You know, stains isn't the bigger body. He he can be fast, but like he won't rack up a lot of PCMs. So yeah, if you kick the Toho, you force you can win
1: tackles against him too. So yeah, because if you're not getting PCMs, and you need quick play the balls. If you can't get either, then you've lost the tackle. Yeah.
0: You know, you got Edwards uh to take her hit up after him, you can you have Crichton. But then if you force Stains to come in and you just have a lot of kick chase, that's gonna really put pressure on stains. Like, oh fuck, here we go. Kick to Toho. Toho catches it. You know, he he may get like ten uh PCMs from the kick mid return. Oh not PCMs, sorry, kick mid returns. I think that's a great it- idea. Yeah, it's interesting making, to see. Yeah. But we we come back to it. The forward pack is rare this game will lie. Mm. I love this narrative of this final series is coming all down to forward pack battles. You know. It's always true. Yeah, it's always true. But it especially lies this final series on the forwards. You know. Um, at times, in the Storm and Raiders game, Storm were losing in the middle, and Raiders were able to win. Um, the forward pack of Eels were dominated by Power, and uh, dominated by Penrith. Sorry, um, and Penrith were able to win. So really, it's whoever's team can withstand the longest. We can we always say that Penrith is an eighty-minute team, and it shows when that when that opposition begins to slack off. Um, excuse me, and it be, we've seen it against Cronulla when they've done it, and we've seen it two weeks ago against Parramatta. It will also see which hooker gets shut, shut down the most. Does Appy get shut down, or does Cook get shut down first? Mm. Another side note: Mitch Kenny started against Power. Uh, if I look at the team list, yeah. I uh, there was a quote from Appy a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of days ago, where he said, "I like that I'm coming off the bench because it soaks up early defensive from the opposition, so then I can do my thing and be that attacking flair that, from dummy half." And if I look at it, Mitch Kenny is named as fourteen, so we could see a potential uh, last hour switch.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I.
0: What do you think about that?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I think it's decent. I think Appy he can play both roles quite well. Obviously, we saw him start at nine in Origin for New South Wales. Mm. And I, th- I thought he did a fantastic job despite not really winning the series. And he- he's a good defensive nine. He knows what he's doing. But at the same time, obviously he's spoken about enjoying coming off the bench. His craftiness is his best asset. He's got an absolutely fantastic footy IQ like when it comes to his pass selection and his deception. So... Honestly, it's a treat to watch him come off the bench. It's a treat to watch him start. I think there's advantages to each, but you know, Ivan Cleary, he's won a premiership. Corusau, mm. he's won a premiership. He's won what two. It, what, he's one two. Exactly. Obviously, one with Ravados. So that's whatever they decide to do, I think they'll they'll be merit in it.
0: Yeah. Um We've spoken about our halves with Ilias and Cleary. 5'8", Luai and Walker. You know, Walker's that profound try-assist line-break, line-of-break-assist playmaker who has got that attacking flair. And then Luai, you know, I think, personally, I believe he gets into that shadow of Cleary where him and Cleary can be good, like they'll link up, but it, he doesn't really play that first receiver type playmaker. He's, yeah. he's that second receiver. Or even sometimes third because you'll have Yo, Cleary, then Luai. Yeah. Um, if I look, um, Luai has 12 tri assists this year, whereas Cleary has 16. Now, also got to remember, Cleary didn't play the first five rounds and he didn't play the last five rounds. So he's only played... 15 games this season, whereas Luai has played 18. So you know, not a big difference, but like still, you can tell who's like the the more the more hands on. I think. Um, yeah. Luai averages 71.5 run meters per game, whereas Cleary 92.3. So, yeah,
1: it's, but... it's fascinating for Cleary as well to see, uh, half running that much. I think him and Hines, uh, they they tend to run a similar amount, but it's just interesting the manner in which they do it because Hines mm-hmm. plays lots of first receiver, Cleary plays lots of
0: second. Yeah, uh, if I'm going to have a look here, Dylan Brown is the. Player with the most, the the five eight with the most run meters within this comp, I think. Oh, hang on, I haven't most checked. surprises. Um, he so in this in the final four teams remaining. Mm-hmm. It looks like, yep. Here we go. It goes so for five eights. It goes Dylan Brown. Uh, Tom Dearden. Awesome. Awesome. It then goes... Lou White and then Walker. Wow.
1: Or is this... Run meters. Wow.
0: So, that's surprising because Walker had a lot of um, run meters last year on average.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's a very different league with the six-again rule and the pace of the game mm. because of that. So we, we see certain, especially spine players, tend to rack up less run metres because they're not just breaking off in support and open play.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we've... Do you have anything else to add about this game?
1: Not really. Just that I'm really excited, really nervous. Tomorrow, yeah. obviously, Cowboys and Eels... You know, in a a few days we'll know.
0: We didn't speak a lot about the Eels versus Cowboys game. Do you want to go into that for a couple of minutes?
1: I think we spoke a fair bit. Okay. Yeah. Just specifically about how the middle battle is going to affect that. Yeah. I think also Eels' defensive pressure can really help them here because what we see is that when it comes to icing off their attacking opportunities, the Cowboys, they like to go to either the deer or drink water. Uh, mm. Chad usually setting up in attack with his kicking, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how Chad goes in terms of you know if he's gonna throw that short ball, what mm. he's gonna do.
0: And that's another thing we've uh, we've stated it a couple times on this podcast. Dearden doesn't kick as much; it's usually Drinky or Chad, usually, mostly yep. Chad. So a lot of people when they say, "Oh, fifth and last pressure of a half." You don't you don't in against the Cowboys you pressure Drinky or you pressure Chad, so what that does is it gives in space. Yeah. I, out of the big three, and uh, Chad, and Drinky, who do you want to target for most? I I say Drinky because of his attacking, uh, upside.
1: Yeah, I think. I would actually be targeting Chad the most. Yeah, that's true. Uh, The reason being because lots of what Drinky does and lots of what Dearden does both comes off the back of Chad at a lot of points. Yeah. However, the flip side to that is that both Drinky and Dearden love getting into first receiver when they need to. Hmm. Um, Because this is, you know, Tommy, his main things are he likes to run the ball, but he also likes to organize his attacking edge and play first receiver. He's one of those combo 58 halfbacks, really. Um, drink water being basically a five-eighth with the one on his jersey with the way that he plays. So e- everyone can get into first receiver. However, you don't see too much of Chad as second receiver. Yeah. We see it a few times, but not as much as we see the other guys.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um... While Chad doesn't have those big stats of like, yeah, I'm the best halfback, he's the most influential.
1: Yeah, well, it's he he gets good ball to the other guys. You know, people joke about how, you know, the Sharks, all he had to do was pass to Maloney. Well, you've got to get it to him at the right time. Yeah. And that's something we talk about. Same thing with Alex Johnston, just those small fundamentals that he does well.
0: Chad is... um... A bit underrated as you...
1: Yeah, these just... The the small things. Yeah. It's all the small things he does. Uh, also, she... he's mixed it up a bit this year. At the start of the year, I critiqued him a fair bit in some spaces because he always played out the back to so either key or Deirdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he switched that up a fair bit. I think it was a joke that Jeremiah and I had as well when someone said... Or he said he wished that um Chad played inside to him more. But then, you know... At. It's something that he started doing more. We're yep. seeing Nanai take Baltimore runs. So that's yep. another thing. He's starting to become versatile.
0: Which is really good. You know, it just... Yeah. It... He learns. Yeah. You know, and we it's... see this with the Warriors game.
1: He went to kick the field goal. We didn't win the game. Since then, it's been a massive point of Valentine Olves kicking them.
0: Yeah. And it also adds to it's not as readable as other teams uh, are. You know, you can read some teams and what they'll do because they do it every week, whereas you need to be on the toes against the Cowboys.
1: Jackson Hastings, first receiver? Yep. Was it like 90-something times? I remember back when that was our main thing on the show. How many times did Hastings touch the ball?
0: Yep, and then... Patrick Cow can happen.
1: On the Oh, geez. But oh, speaking,
0: Yeah. No. No no hate to Patty. You know, that was that was an accident. He didn't mean it. You know, this is football. Stuff like that happens. Move on. Not his guy. No. No. Um So I'll be at the game. I can't rate. Um I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I think this is the most anxious I've been for a final series in a long time. Mostly because my team, like the Cowboys, are in it, and I want to see the Cowboys do well. While I'm a big Raiders fan, the Cowboys still are my second team, and I love when they don't going well. And I know Jacob is gonna has been loving this se- season. Um,
1: Probably the most fun I've had as a Cowboys fan, barring twenty fifteen.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. So... You could say I'm loving my footy. You could. But who are your tips for this week first? What
1: tips for this week? Cows and Penrith.
0: Cows and Penrith? Okay. I think Saffs can you get up. I I honestly... Yeah. My heart says, go Saffs. And my stomach says, go Saffs. But as I said with... Um, Jake from 95 North last week. It's very unpredictable, this final series. You know, anyone could win. We saw that um, in the first two weeks. No, I don't think um, a lot of people expected Power to win, but here they are. They come out flying 40-6. to 6. Yeah. Um. No one expected Rabbits to win against Roosters. Here we are in the preliminary oh. final against the... P- against the team they lost to in the grand final last year. Uh,
1: Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected.
0: Um, no one expected the Raiders to be in the finals. They were nope. in the finals. Oh, funnily enough, I saw a shirt the other day. I I had a good chuckle at this. Um, I was walking past a shop and I see Storm 2022 finals. We're unbeatable.
1: <laughs> I, I thought it was funny because they um there was David Nofaluma who was wearing one of their and not given shirts. Oh. <laughs> so he's, he's he's kind of just hitched a ride. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it's 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 an interesting final series with you no know, um storm or roosters and not going to lie, I kind of like it that way.
0: Yeah. Um You know, you you still have that big uh, team being Penrith that, like, we're all gunning, and they're the favourites. But even then,
1: historically, they haven't been that great. You know, before Mm. last year, their last comp win was 2003. Yeah. So they've obviously had some time out. So no matter who wins it, there's going to be a lot of fans that used to be starving and no longer aren't.
0: Yep. Um, Power fans are going to Eat this up, I reckon. Thirty-seven yeah. years—the uh, first preliminary since two thousand nine. To put that in perspective, Jared Hain and Nathan High Marsh were still on the same team.
1: Yeah. Wow. I remember that game. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I had a copy of Rugby League Week um, from the week before. Oh, okay. That was I was very. Nah, that was that was a good game. I think my Probably the, was, the first grand final that I remember being actually prepped for.
0: I think the earliest memory I have of a grand final was Storm vs Doggies.
1: Twenty
0: twelve.
1: Yeah, twenty twelve. The he had he was and um, what, what was it? He had butted his mouth, whatever it was. Sorry, Billy Slater. Billy Slater didn't bite him. He was headbutted.
0: Ah! Ah! Yes! 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 No, I remember that final series very well because I was a very angry kid who was not happy that the Cowboys lost because of a bullshit reason. I think the
1: seven tackle try that year.
0: No, this was Kieran Thorn. That was twenty twelve. Yeah. Ah, I believe it was.
1: I thought 2011 was Kieran Foran oh. and then 2012 was the 7 tackle try and then 2014 was the Robert Louis knock-on. Let's Unless see. I could have gotten them mixed up.
0: I could have gotten them mixed up. You know, the Cowboys, while good team, didn't get heavily favoured in the finals those couple of years. Um, Kieran Foran knock-on. I've grown up and
1: I've decided that the Robert Louis call was actually the right call.
0: I can't believe he's still playing, eh? Yeah, in the Black Hawks now. 2012, there you go. Well, there you go. You learn something new every day.
1: Well, or you, you relearn things, I guess.
0: Yeah, um. Get out. But, anyways. This has been a great chat. Um, I'm very excited for what happens next in this final series. You know, um, I'll speak to Jacob. Maybe we could do something for the grand final. Like, I don't know, we do our live reactions to it up to Jacob.
1: Yeah, um, that would be
0: fantastic. Yeah,
1: um, we'll set up a live stream on our Instagram or something.
0: Yeah, I reckon. Do we'll
1: great. just watch the grand final. It'll be mad.
0: Um, but, anyways, what are we going to love tomorrow, Jacob?
1: Footy. We love our footy. And with that,
0: thanks for listening, everybody.